good aggressive looks like maybe we're making out and all of a sudden you pick me up and throw me on the bed and tear my panties off. That's amazing. That's good aggressive. Hello. Welcome to What She's Thinking. I'm Greg Schwartz, your dating coach. Men like you have sent in questions about dating and sex. I have a group of women that are going to answer your questions and I'll help clarify their answers so you hear exactly what these women want and why. Send in your questions at debugdating.com slash questions. And remember, subscribe so you can hear all of the episodes. Now, ladies, please introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is A. I'm 27 years old. I live in San Francisco, and I'm an artist. I'm an oil painter. I've been selling my work professionally for about seven years. And I am a fire dancer. I do fire hoop and poi and a little bit of fans as well. And I work in psychedelic research. Um, I'm extremely outgoing. I'm a Leo. <laughs> uh, I talk a lot. Um, I have kind of a lot of opinions. <laughs> kind of always striving f to be a mix of logical and uh, emotionally in touch. Um, I'm a Taoist, so I'm really interested in the concept of the yin and the yang. Um, just as a personal philosophy and a lifestyle philosophy. I do a lot of yoga. I take a lot of walks, try to stay active, and I'm very clean. I'm looking for someone who's very independent and a free thinker and someone who's got a good balance of masculine qualities but is still in touch with their feminine qualities as well. And, you know, someone with a good job, that's important to me, someone with a good income. And, yeah, I guess I'm kind of a mix of traditional and contemporary. I'm looking for some traditionally masculine qualities um, with a blend of, of contemporary qualities as well. Okay. Um, my name is Jay. I'm 27. I'm from the East Coast. I am also a fire dancer. Um, I take my flow arts somewhat seriously. Um, I spend a lot of time practicing, and I've been doing it for about three years. Uh, poi, fans, and hoop. Uh, so I really like to dance. Uh, I work in media, so I really like to talk about the state of the media and politics in general. I've worked in politics for a long time, so I'm really fascinated with exploring uh, different sides of the political thought spectrum. I devote a lot of time to that. I am very active, very active lifestyle. I go for lots of walks, do yoga, bicycling, all kinds of fun stuff. I like to cook. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty energetic. I feel like I have a, a like an enthusiastic personality. I took the Enneagram quiz and I got the enthusiast. So I get really like excited about things, even like little things. Yeah, strive to be centered. I try to, you know, keep things light. Uh, but I also like to delve into intense intellectual topics with people. And in partners, I always look for someone who balances me out in the sense that they can kind of uh, point out the things I'm not seeing, whether we're talking about politics or psychoanalyzing my friends or, or whatever. <laughs> uh, I like to find someone who kind of acts as like a check on my uh my thoughts and points out keeps me centrist keep me keeps me centered someone who you know has a good job is logical but also in touch with yeah their heart space 
someone who likes to explore intellectually or explore with drugs, <laughs> explore the world, someone open-minded, but also really grounded, reliable, and trustworthy. Hi, my name is Lauren. I'm originally from the East Coast. I'm 37 years old. In terms of dating me, what I want people to notice is how much I like to laugh and to dance, how much I enjoy conversations where we go into politics, upbringings, relationships, your emotions. What I look for in a man I'm dating is someone who knows how to be in front of a room and someone who knows how to acquiesce that to somebody else. I want someone who's inherently nice. When they see an old person crossing the street, they're the first one to go and volunteer and help. And I also someone, want someone who is bold about their feelings and emotions for me, whether it be from the first day they meet me to having known me six months down the road. They're quite intentful in everything they do about being with me and getting to know me. In terms of us coming together, I want a partnership that may look codependent to others, but in actuality, it's each of us pushing, pushing each other to be our best selves. If they were to walk away, I won't fall down, but it's also because they've helped me stay strong. I do the same for them. I also want someone who I can live out every adventure with. Kids is not my main goal, but having a partner in crime definitely is. Being around me is like being in the most judgment-free zone. If you decide to be a slob, a mistress, a superstar, or do jazz hands every chance you get, I love it all. My friends have always known me to take you at your best and your worst and to help you get through whatever is going on. I really like people to come around me and feel comfortable, but also to feel motivated and to feel like I'm a friend that they'll have for life, regardless of the situation, time, and distance. Outside of online dating, what are the best venues for you to meet potential partners? I've met people at events that are recurring and community-based. So that sounds weird because of like, what is that? You know, like people, <laughs> well, you know, like church, I, don't, I guess you can meet people at church. That's kind of that type of event. But my church was always this event that I would go to in the park in the city and we would all practice our fire spinning. So we were all meeting regularly. It was the same, not always the same people, like new people would come and go, but consistent enough that I like knew who to expect, but then new figures would emerge. So I'd be like, oh, is he single? And so the fact that it was like a recurring event centered around a community, centered around a common activity was helpful for meeting men. I'd also say maybe, maybe the club, but it would have to be the right one. Not just any club. You have to know what type of music you like, what types of crowds are drawn to which DJs. That is more of a refining process. But if you know what type of music you like and you know which venues you like and what the crowds are like, not too sloppy, not too drunk of a crowd, then you can also... I've found I could also meet people in those environments. Unless you like drunk and sloppy. Right. If that's how you like the party, <laughs> then you should go to the drunk and sloppy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go to Blondie. Blondie or whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's dance parties or large friend gatherings. Dance is a big part of my life. And I just tend to always come away with someone who I'll date for a little bit. Um, there's lots of reasons to want to with someone's a great match or not. But a good start for me is a dance party or a big friends gathering where someone can vouch for whoever I've met. That's such a blessing to get that. 
Yeah, I was going to say events through your network, like a party at a friend's house or like someone's birthday party, something like that, where people can tell you about the people who are in attendance. Um, I met a few ex-boyfriends that way. Social vetting. It's huge. And that's why it's important to get involved in your community. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of men that are introverts and they like to keep to themselves and maybe they don't feel super comfortable being really social, but it is important to go out and socialize for this reason. If you want to meet women, like find an activity that you really like that you're passionate about and then find other people who are doing that and do it consistently. What are your top two languages of love? Touch, Quality time, acts of service, gifts, words of affirmation. Immediately, quality time was like number one in my brain. Um, I actually tried open relationships and it ended up being very much not for me for a lot of reasons, which could be a whole other podcast. But one major thing was the quality time aspect is my language of love. And if he's with another woman, he's not with me. So that was, yeah. What's your second one? Um, maybe touch. I'd say touch. I think my first is touch. And my second, it's a tie between quality time or gifts. I like being spoiled. <laughs> I, I really am three and I didn't realize it until I didn't get one. So I pretty much have gone back and forth between quality time and words of affirmation. But I recently dated someone who wasn't a big toucher. And I realized most people in my life are touchers from my friends to my family to men I've dated. It's just, it's kind of been getting on the ground floor and that was it. So now I'm pretty close at three like you have to be a toucher and quality time and words of affirmation sometimes i feel like i just need all five <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like most i just people need do. all those things yeah, yeah right? most people do yeah so following on that in terms of gifts since you specifically mentioned that guys tend to think gifts means diamond rings and crazy expensive right you're already shaking your head so <laughs> yeah what what are some of the gifts that you really appreciated and why Yeah. um, I like really thoughtful, personal, individualized gifts. Like my ex-boyfriend bought me an easel um, because I like to paint and um, he would buy me flowers because I love flowers. That one, I guess, is a little more typical, but you can't really go wrong there, honestly. Um, I guess ask your girl what she prefers. But um, and another boyfriend bought me a book of, of art from an artist that I really admire and um, he was just paying attention to what I talk about and then and then bought me gifts based on what I would express. Nice. How can we tell if you're not interested in us? The one word answers when texting. It's weird to me to hear that women give brief replies when on dating sites and don't ask questions back because that signals disinterest. So why are you even responding? Anyway, I think most women, yeah, when they give the one word answers, short, brief answers, they're not asking questions back is a signal of disinterest. Always being busy, not making time for you. Yeah, outright ignoring came to mind. Just, you know, you've sent three texts after three texts she hasn't answered. It's like pretty clear. Texting is in general a big thing. I don't text a lot. I generally would rather talk on the phone. Cause I just got into a point this year where I, I don't want my phone on me that much. So I don't text a lot. So for me, my sign is if I'm not touching you when we're out together. Body language, like if she's not like angling her body towards you on the date. I noticed with guys I wasn't interested in, I'd like cross my legs and turn kind of the other way. Mm-hmm. So like open body language signals that she's interested. If she's kind of closed off and like hunched over or like kind of angling herself away from you, that's a, a big sign. 
You ever look at people on dates and they hardly ever look each other in the eye? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Eye contact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like either it's old and has fizzled, which is don't let that happen, or it's new and just not working. Not working. Yeah. 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 After we match, if you follow me on Instagram, do you want to have a conversation on Instagram or do you want to have a conversation on the dating app? My gosh, does that happen? Yeah. It yeah. does. Huh. Yeah. If, if you haven't done this, if none of you have done this, we can skip the question, but it it's it happens. Huh. I've learned not to care where you communicate with me at. at. At one point in time, I was tracking. It's like, should I reach you here, here, here? My expectations, if I reach you anywhere, you respond to me. And if you reach me anywhere, I'll respond to you. Maybe I'll respond in that medium or a different one. But the key is to give a response for me. Yeah, if it's all on the phone, I don't think it matters. I wouldn't think it would matter. Like, I I don't know. I would maybe want to keep it to the dating app at first, but I don't know. That's weird to think about. Yeah, I would probably feel weird if someone found me on a dating app, followed me on Instagram, and then messaged me there. But when I really think about it, like, if his profile was interesting on Instagram and he seemed cute, like, then I probably would still talk to him. So it's like, maybe those boundaries aren't as firm as I would think. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Is it different if you're the one who followed him on Instagram? Because that's actually, in the the cases that I'm getting asked, the woman is the one following him on Instagram. And I think the way she's finding it is Tinder and a lot of other apps allow you to integrate your Instagram profile. Right. So it's very easy to find them on Instagram. Huh. Wow. Huh. Maybe I would say if she follows you, maybe message her on Instagram. Eh? That's weird. <laughs> that's, that's a new phenomenon. <laughs> it, yeah, it is fairly new. I'd, I'd hope either person, I think it's a lot of effort to go and look at someone's Instagram feed. So I, even if they put the effort into me, I'm like, that's great. You don't have to go that far. Mm-hmm. And I've never went and followed anyone because I'm just like, eh, we're already here. So after we match, if you don't respond the first time I send a message, should I send another? No, no, it's there. If I'm going to get to it, I'll get to it. Yeah, I, I'd agree. It, it reads as, as needy and pushy. I uh i'm in a relationship right now and my partner sent me a message current partner sent me a message on okcupid i didn't answer him for six months and then i saw it again and i was like oh i must not i don't know i must not have seen this or whatever <laughs> and now we're together but one, I, one I was did, enough <laughs> i didn't one was enough but i also didn't answer him for six months so you know don't lose hope about your one message yeah <laughs> What's the best way to get consent? Explicit and direct, a bit more nuanced. Tell us how you tell us yes. I liked when men would ask if they could kiss me the first time. I don't know that it's always necessary to be verbal about it. We're living in such strange times. Yeah, this is such a gray, gray area because asking too much comes off as kind of... Like, you're not that confident or you're not reading my body language. And it's like, yeah, do you have to ask? Like, obviously, I'm open to this, but maybe it's not obvious. <laughs> it's really gray, really gray, sticky area here. I don't really like being asked for a first kiss. I feel like just do it and I'll, I'll and then after that, I can, it gives me more information and I can evaluate if I want to go any further than that. For bigger things, though, asking is, is appreciated, like taking your shirt off, like, would you want to take your shirt off? That would that reads a little better to me. I'm kind of on the opposite end there. I kind of would prefer to be asked about the first kiss. And then if I say yes to that, then things can kind of naturally follow in a more nuanced way. That's like the invitation to more potentially happening. That doesn't mean it's an automatic yes for everything else. But it does help to like transgress that initial like, 
are you interested confusion that can happen really early on? And once that's a yes, then I feel like I don't need someone to ask me around getting naked with them. That'll just kind of happen. I don't know. I feel like a kiss is more benign. So it's like less is at stake, but like getting naked, that's a bigger step. I can see your point of view, too. I think yours is very logical and it follows it. Maybe mine's a bit like backwards, but yeah, I don't just know. different. Yeah, it's just different. I mean, I don't consent is so it's a mixture of body language and and actual language. So navigating that is tricky. I don't like to be asked, but I do want us both to be quite lucid. I will say that. Um, lucid as in, you know, your own state of mind, you're not too intoxicated or under the influence and there's you're not feeling pressured. But I want some agreement without you asking me. So if perhaps you would state what you'd like to do to me, and then I can state something back. So it turns into a flirtation where you, in fact, are getting consent. I like that. That's creative. Because it gets around the timid feel of having to ask for permission, which isn't super hot. Um, yeah, and turns into flirting. So If someone says, I want to kiss you, it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good advice. Yeah. So just playing this out for the listeners, could you give us a little bit of a, an example or role play of what he would say and then what you would say? And it can be as racy as you want or don't want, but just give us a sense of what that would sound like. Sure. How much are you going to pay me? <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, you can donate at. <laughs> so let's say we're just come out of a dinner or something. Maybe you lean in and whisper into my ear. I want to kiss your lips. They look so lovely. And I would say, I think my lips would like that. Or let's say you're on a couch and you're making out. You'd say, I want to see the color of your breast. And then all of a sudden the shirt comes off. And then you say, I want to kiss your butt. And all of a sudden your pants come down. And I think you get the idea after that. I think the other thing that the guys would like to know is what would it look like when you, um, I can't remember the negotiating term, when you counter offer. So mm. when he says, you know, I want to see the color of your breasts and you aren't ready for that yet. What might the response be? Because a lot of men are going to frankly see, expect, yes. no. <laughs> and, you know, connection is broken. And so yeah, what's a what's yeah. a way that it might be playful and flirty mm. and feel good for both of you? I think if you get a no, that's a little more aggressive. Consider that relationship probably done. Um, if you get something that's more passive, there have been men I blame just not ready for that. And my response is, we'll get there. So you see, guys, this isn't something that you're automatically going to get this gigantic, explosive no. There might be a very graceful, we'll get there, or not tonight. But this isn't something that automatically sets you up for an explosion. What's a way you like for a man to create connection on a date? Share something personal about his emotions. There's things that you've done, but how have things made you feel? And what would an example of that be? How do you feel about your best friend? How do you feel about your passions in the hobby that aren't your job? And so that might be something like, I really love my passion? Or is there more that you're looking for? No, whatever it is. I'm actually quite open. But I think knowing what you do and why you do it, and we talked about the whys and the hows, it gives me insight into your thought process and also the things that you value. And I, I think having aligned values can take you so far in a relationship. I think I feel connected to people when they share things that they've done more of a deep dive into. I was on a date with someone who told me about how he had like explored lucid dreaming. And I thought that was really interesting. It showed me a bit of his thought process, but it also showed that he was like driven beyond work, a multifaceted person interested in a lot of different things in life. So 
sharing about things you've explored that are maybe like a little nerdier than just like oh i sports yeah sports or like dogs. i like i like travel. my dog and oh and i travel to yeah I, f- I feel like something like a little more in the realm of like psychology or like social sciences or like um, just like getting a little deeper into your hobbies or things you ideas you've explored I think that's what I'm trying to say ideas you've explored more so than even activities what kind of aggressiveness do you like in a man and what kind is scary oh that's a good question question um scary is when I'm saying stop or don't and he doesn't I've experienced that and it's extremely unnerving but then aggressive play, it's hard to explain what aggressive play is. I don't know. It's like being pinned down and, and you're laughing. That like You can be aggressive and keep it playful and light at the same time. Yeah, my partners and I like to like, we like wrestle. And like, obviously he's stronger than me, but it's like funny and it's fun. And it's like play wrestling. Yeah. Um, and that can be a lot of fun. And that's him kind of like displaying dominance. It's like, oh, you can dominate me. <laughs> You're physically stronger than me, which is hot. But I don't feel scared because I know we're playing. It's really about the mood. Like, I was just going to say it's yeah, about the mood. I've had guys Are you laughing or am I being serious and saying, no, stop. And you're not listening. That's frightening. But if I'm like, no, stop. Like, that's a different tone of voice. It's different. Yeah. And I've had guys get aggressive in bed or just when we're not even being sexual in a way that's scary and just the mood that led up to him doing that wasn't conducive to him doing that like it's just it's really about like reading the mood and reading the the type of like interaction that you're having and the mood that she's in yeah yeah i think for men if you know you're less experienced in reading the mood or you just don't pick up on shit Perhaps talk to your partner and establish like a, when you really mean no, what does that look like? Have them tell you what that looks like. I'm not saying go so far as a safe word, but just make it a fun, playful conversation. Perhaps not when you're about to have sex, but just when you're out and about on a date, just like, hey, tell me what it looks like when you want me to slow down or take a beat. Um, For me, men being aggressive to a point where it bothered me is not only when you've told them to stop, but also a man getting in a fight out in public or even in private with friends around me. It's like, when did you turn into a beast all of a sudden you want to fight? Um, Good aggressive looks like maybe we're making out and all of a sudden you pick me up and throw me on the bed and tear my panties off. That's amazing. That's good aggressive. I'd agree. How can we tell if you or, you know, you know, woman in general has a high average or low sex drive? How many times did I tell you no, not tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Or how many times she initiates sex? That's a good indicator or acquiesces to sex. Yeah. I could see how that could be difficult if she's not much of an initiator, but she wants to have sex. Yeah, that's, yeah I'm not an initiator. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good metric. <laughs> I think this is where dirty talk comes into play, a little flirtation. Um, I'm an advocate of dirty talk, but I feel like that lets you know where you haven't gotten naked and say, hey, do you want this? You instead said something clever or slick and see how they respond. And if it if you don't get a positive response, it's like, well, hey, let's just have some popcorn, you know? Nice. And I guess following on that, clearly you're into dirty talk, but are the two of you into dirty talk or is that actually a, a turnoff? I'm really into dirty talk. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> it's interesting. It's something that like, sometimes I feel like I need to have a drink for it to like really come out. There's yeah. like an inhibition there. And so it's definitely something I enjoy. 
after a drink or two. But uh, other than that, it can be hard to get it to like get to get flowing. I've actually like Googled what to say and like looked up like lines because it. I have that same problem. It can be a little difficult to flow. And then I like practice in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use these points of, of reference. <laughs> It's a little difficult. I dated an actor, though, that was great at improv, and he was very fun. <laughs> he would play, like, porno director. It's really cool. Love it. <laughs> wow. Nice. Gentlemen, that's a new one to add to your quiver. Yeah. <laughs> Any last things that you want to tell the guys listening? Anything that you really appreciate that they do or wish you did uh, – sorry, wish they did more? I would say um, we're living in kind of like a feminist moment in history. So, you know, don't take that as you have to compromise your masculinity too much. A good man like knows that he's powerful and has that under control. Being a good man was never about like giving up your power, which I think can be a lot of the message that men are getting these days is about like, no, women should be in power. Like it's our turn. Yeah. Being a good man is not about giving up your power or things that are what make you a man like women like when you're dominant in an you know in an emotionally intelligent way not in a scary way we like the things that make men men and a lot of the messages coming out i think in society today are men might be getting the message that they ought to be different or not be men let women have the power let women take over and in dating i think that can be pretty disastrous so we like when you listen to us, and I know that men are listening, and we like when men show that they care about us and they don't want to hurt us, and most men don't, and we also like when you take the lead and yeah. uh, show that you know what you want, and we like that. We like to be led. Yeah, it's not about um, it's not about compromising your masculinity in order to like appease women. It's, um, yeah, take charge and take control. It's okay to be dominant while reading a woman's emotions and I think it's hard to be a man right now I really empathize because there's a lot of like mixed messaging out there and it's pretty easy to get the message that like being a man is inherently toxic and wrong and I don't think that's the case at all um everything has a shadow there's a quote I think it's a good man is not harmless it's not virtuous to be harmless um a good man you know has teeth but knows when to use them so I'd like to tell the San Francisco guys out there to stop leading with your accomplishments and your resume and your list of things and start leading with how you think. We talked a bit tonight about what is your thought process. So what is your thought process in terms of your values and your passions? And a little bit later, what's your thought process in terms of what we're experiencing together? I want to hear you talk about that all day long, but not a list of I went to get a beer the other night or I just got this job don't care don't care like who are you what are you thinking start there thank you for listening to what she's thinking please remember to subscribe and to help other men find the podcast please write a review on itunes also are you in the san francisco bay area i'm hosting vip online dating coaching sessions each limited to only four people so i can give you personal attention during each session we will debug your profile and your photos Prioritize the qualities that you want in a date. Brainstorm the qualities of you that will attract those dates. Find new photos and profile text that's targeted to attract those dates. And finally, if you invest in a platinum ticket, you'll get a follow-up coaching session to see how you've done and what to work on next. So on Monday, April 29th at 7 p.m., I have a VIP coaching session in Palo Alto. 
And the first Monday of May, June, and July, I'm doing VIP coaching sessions in San Francisco. So if you're serious about getting your online dating working, go to debugdating.com slash VIP and grab your ticket before they're gone.